Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Ryan is here and we're enjoying these uh, summer shows. Summer shows? Yeah, they've just been shows, right? Yeah, but it's, it's the summertime. Summer shows sounds like we've been like, we'll take a quick break or like, you know, get out early. I know. You know, I just got an email from someone I emailed uh-huh. like for business, and they were like, don't email us after this time because we got summer Fridays. We're gone after 1 p.m. <laughs> I mean, I love a good summer Friday, but I haven't had one in forever. I wish. I mean, we used to do that here. Yeah. Maybe wink, wink. Hopefully our, <laughs> you know, not being so obvious here, but hopefully our, our, our boss is listening. Yeah, we all we get is, which is a pretty good thing, we have someone here that usually will come around and maybe have some margaritas or something. I don't know if we were supposed to disclose that, but <laughs> you most Summer margaritas. Hey, company culture. Make, the good thing is don't ever tell Shira a secret because she will disclose here, it on air. The problem is they're, they're too sweet. Don't worry. There's barely any alcohol. That, I, well, that's actually <laughs> false. That is false actually false. They're too sweet. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, get into the show because we have a lot coming up. We're talking to State Senator Tiara Mack. Who you might have seen twerking on your timeline recently. I think it's Tiara. Oh, we will uh, finalize Ask, that. Yeah. Tucker Carlson went after her along with other right-wing trolls, so she is coming on to share her story in 30 minutes. And next hour, we're talking about the possibility of an over-the-counter birth control that the FDA is looking to approve as well um, as great music here on Channel Q. Let's get into some what's trending this hour headlines. President Joe Biden said Sunday he was looking into declaring a public health emergency in support of abortion access across the country. One quick follow-up. One of the things they are asking for is a public health emergency. Is yeah. that something you're considering? That's or? something I'm asked the... Uh folks to the medical people in the administration to look at whether that is whether i have the authority to do that and what impact that would have okay all right well biden recognized he had limited executive powers to go further in supporting abortion access saying i don't have the authority to reinstate roe he reiterated that he wanted congress to pass a federal law codifying roe after the supreme court of course reversed the landmark ruling Uh, And as for his message to the thousands of people who gathered outside the White House on Saturday, pressuring him to do more to protect abortion rights, he said, keep protesting, keep making your point. It's critically important. And uh, finally, also uh, a lot happening in Sri Lanka. Internationally, there's been protests happening too. Thousands of protesters gathered on Saturday in Sri Lanka and some stormed the president's house and offices. Sri Lanka's president has apparently agreed to step down on July 13th. 
Following the speaker's announcement, protesters also set fire to the prime minister's residence, who also said he was resigning, too, after just months on the job. I don't know if you saw this, but there were photos that showed a bunch of protesters floating in the president's outdoor pool as well. I saw that on my timeline. I'm like, what is going on? Uh, anyway, that was what's trending this hour. More coming up next hour, but what's happening in entertainment news? Oh, okay. So let's talk about it because producers of the Broadway revival Funny Girl were blindsided by Beanie Feldstein's shocking exit announcement. Let's talk about this. It's time for the T Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So if you didn't know, uh, Beanie uh, Feldstein, uh, she basically is no longer going to be in Funny Girl. And um, a Broadway insider is telling Page Six that producers were planning on making the announcement on Monday, but Beanie actually beat them to the punch when she posted on Sunday afternoon. She said, playing uh, Fanny Bryce on Broadway has been a lifelong dream of mine and doing so for the last few months has been a great joy and true honor. Basically, she goes to say uh, that her last performance is on the 31st and she will be up out of there. And um, she was actually set to leave the show back in, uh, well, in September along with her co-star Jane Lynch. Um, But according to this insider, they said she clearly doesn't give a blank, um, noting that it wasn't a savvy move to ambush the show's producers. Now, Leah Michelle is set to take over for Beanie Feldstein uh, starring role in Funny Girl. And uh, they just actually announced that today. And so who knows what's really going on? Beanie said there were some changes in the production. They're taking the show in a different direction. So maybe some things happened. But, yeah, quite interesting. There's some drama in the Broadway yeah, well, she, world. She also just got engaged, so maybe she maybe she just wants to hang out. Yeah, I know, right? And does not do this, because this is a lot of work. It is. It's every single day. And that's your tea report. You got more coming up next hour, okay? Well, next up, why former White House chief strategist uh, Steve Bannon has agreed to testify to the January 6th committee. More next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, Steve Bannon is back in the headlines. He defied a congressional subpoena and told the House Select Committee that he is now willing to testify, ideally at a public hearing. Now, his reversal comes after he received a letter from former President Donald Trump waiving executive privilege, although both the House Select Committee and federal prosecutors are saying that privilege claim never gave Bannon actual permission to ignore a congressional subpoena in the first place. So what's going on exactly? Well, back with us is our political analyst and commentator, Ryan Basham. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, so is, is this a big deal that he's finally going to testify? Is he going against the king's orders? Well, it's unclear that he um, actually had a claim of executive privilege from Trump in the first place uh, that that, well, it clearly indefensible, not entirely clear that he actually had anything in the first place. Um, you know, so the judge decided that even if he does go ahead and, and testify, he's still going to have to go to trial. And that will start a week from today. So both things can happen and perhaps both will. You know, the, at the end of the day, he spent nine months defying the subpoena, which is a crime. And um, more or less, he has almost no defense. In fact, um, in the hearing today, the pretrial hearing today, the judge uh, overseeing the trial found that he really can only uh, didn't understand the deadline, which seems pretty implausible. So um, it looks like he is going to end up having to uh, testify in some form or fashion. Um, although, you know, the committee has said that they're not going to treat him any differently than they have any other witness. So yeah. his desire to testify publicly is not going to be honored. He is going to go through the same process that every uh, other witness goes through. And 
that is, a, you know, a real hit to him because his whole goal has been to turn this into a circus. He kind of builds himself as the master uh, political chaos generator, um, and it really hasn't gone his way this time. Yeah, and that's really interesting because he's not the only one from the Trump camp to, like, defy a subpoena. So how will this further impact the rest of, I mean, I guess this, the Trump camp who's kind of ignored these these rules or these callings? Well, you know, the purpose of prosecuting someone for uh, for defying a subpoena is exactly that, to uh, to compel other people who are subpoenaed to comply. The reality is that the cases that these folks have been trying to make about not being able to testify for whatever reason, they're not being willing to testify, are kind of um, shattered by especially the judge's findings today. So it makes it um, all the more likely that the legal counsel for the other people attempting to defy these subpoenas will say, look, you know, now we really don't have anything to hide behind. You're really just going to have to do this. So I bet I would bet money, in fact that the other folks who are attempting to avoid uh, testifying are going to end up having to do it. Yeah, I mean, is that because Bannon is now setting the precedent? <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, you know, if, if, if a judge somewhere, and by the way, all of this happens in the same jurisdiction. So, uh, you know, if, if a judge in the same jurisdiction especially finds that you can't use these arguments, um, then people trying to use arguments have almost no legal standing to do so. Um, unless, say, you know, an appellate court were to find differently or something like that. So, yeah, basically, basically the rug has been swept out from under them and they have nothing to stand on. OK, so how long, I guess, uh, once this testimony happens, um, is it going to be a part? I, are we going to see it publicly? Because all these hearings have been very public. So if that's what he wants and that's what they're already doing, why not just go ahead and do it in that way, I guess? If I'm understanding. Well, if, if, yeah, if, you, if you've been watching the hearings, you might have seen that there are a lot of people we have heard from through video of their initial testimony, um, not from live uh, questions and answers. So, you know, what they do typically is they bring someone in, um, they will sooner or later have um, testimony that's, on, that's recorded on video. And so I would imagine, if it were me, I wouldn't let... Steve Bannon get anywhere near a live mic, I would just simply have him testimi- testify on video. And if he has something that's, you know, if they get useful testimony out of him, then they might play that video during one of their live uh, hearings. But I, I would be shocked if they let him attempt to, you know, over the whole process just to make a show out of it, which he clearly stated he wanted to do. That was his whole purpose and defying the subpoena in the first place. So uh, I don't think he's going to get his wish. And what do you think could come out of all of this uh, once he does testify? Um, you know, look, uh, this is a guy who spent seven months working in the administration in 2017. And then he was a part of the war room that we've been hearing about in, starting in tw- late 2020 after the election on, um, well, probably I think before the election, actually, around how to uh, overturn the results of the election. So. You know, he has been in the room where it happens. He was probably a chief instigator. We know he was a chief architect of Trump's strategy during much of his campaign and his early presidency. So he probably knows quite a lot. He's the fifth a million times or something like that um, remains to be seen. Um, But the reality is he is not he has nothing to hide behind except perhaps pleading the fifth. So, you know, we'll see what he has to say. All right. Well, that was political analyst Ryan Basham. Our own, you know, because he's our local political commentator for Channel Q. (laughs) Thanks again. We appreciate it.
My pleasure. Okay, what's coming up next, Ryan? Well, this state senate uh, state senator is under fire for recent uh, for a recent video she posted online, and I honestly this video wasn't that big of a deal, but she's actually joining us to talk about it. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. All right, so Senator Tiara Mack, uh, state senator Tiara Mack, who is an LGBTQ state senator, has been attacked with sexist and homophobic tropes by Tucker Carlson, libs of TikTok, and other right-wing trolls for demonstrating black queer joy by twerking on the beach, which she did to spread awareness about women's autonomy post-Roe. In her own words, quote, America did not care about my existence or body at all until it could be weaponized and mock. So she wants to use her story to bring attention to the broader trend that queer black candidates are being specifically targeted this year and that the recent Roe decision has further emboldened bigots. And guess what? Joining us here is State Senator T.R. Mack. Thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yes, thanks for having me. I won. When I saw your video, I was like, go off, sis, (laughs) because it was quite (laughs) iconic. It was quite iconic. But I I do wonder, um, in the, I guess, when you posted the the video, did you know you were going to receive kind of like the the backlash that you've received so far? Oh, absolutely not. I never imagined that uh, Tucker Carlson would have my ass in the back of his, uh, (laughs) behind his head. Or that Marjorie Taylor Greene would say my name and call me Demon of the Week. Um, but I'm glad that it happened in this way because I specifically wanted to go viral to talk about abortion and to talk about the trend that the alt-right has of trying to devalue queer lives and queer experiences. Um, it's it's so important and we're happy that people are paying attention. Obviously, this isn't like the way we hoped they would pay attention, some of them, but it's not that surprising. Uh I mean, talk about some of the other reactions you've gotten, because it's not just all bad, right? Right. No, it's, it hasn't been all bad. Um, lots of people feel empowered that, one, there is a young, black, joyful uh, state senator who is living her best life mm-hmm. on a beach. Um, a lot of people are, are interested in seeing that we can have new and different leaders who lead with like love and compassion and are people-centered and not stuffy politicians um, and pretending. They're leading with authenticity. And I think people are excited by seeing what our leadership could look like versus what our old leadership does look like. And I completely understand that. But I guess what you say to your constituents who who obviously voted for you because of you, you're all of these beautiful intersections, but maybe mm-hmm. not as progressive as you are in this thought. Well, it's actually funny. I've gotten overwhelming support from my constituents of all ages, all races, all backgrounds, and of all sexualities. Um, I was on the doors yesterday, and a group of older black men thanked me for not apologizing for the video. They thought that was a sign of bravery and commitment to my values. Um, They didn't see anything wrong with it, and they said that it was me not apologizing and standing firm in my beliefs and speaking about the experience of being a black woman, uh, a black queer woman, that is why they continue to vote for me. And so I, it was alarming that I got so much national and like international attention because I'm a state senator and I represent 20,000 people. And those are the folks who uh, vote for me. Um, and I wanted to 
bring awareness to the state of Rhode Island, the state of abortion access in a blue state where we actually have one third of folks who don't have access to abortion under their health coverage. So, um, yes, it was alarming that it uh, kind of took a life of its own, but it yeah. turned into a really powerful conversation in so many different ways. Well, I want to keep this conversation going because when we get back, we're actually going to play the clip that Tucker had to say, unfortunately. And then we want to talk more about what the work is that's important for you. Like, what are you focused on right now? I think we really want to give you this space to talk about that. So don't go anywhere. We have State Senator Tiara Mack on the show. I'm super excited to have her. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. And we are back with State Senator Tiara um, Mack. And she literally has been going through the ringer after posting a video that she thought was supposed to be kind of spreading awareness about women's autonomy post-Roe. But guess what? Tucker Carlson and other right-wing Republicans had other things to say. Here is that. So she's oppressed because she went to an Ivy League school for free and then serves in the state house in Rhode Island. So obviously she's the weakest among us. But her claim that she's being discriminated against, that any reservations you may have had about that video are racist, really is aimed at the Democratic Party. And to prove they're not racist, that woman needs to be at least the Secretary of State right now. Out of here, Tony Blinken, pale and male. And then, on the- Do we have to? What? I don't even, even want to hear it. Please welcome back uh, State Senator Tiara Mack. Thank you so much for being here. Sorry to put you through that again. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I actually didn't. I missed that clip. I hadn't heard him oh, uh, talk about me for like a second time, third time. Oh, He's wow. With me. I yes. mean, it seems like once he gets a hold of someone, he just keeps on bringing them back in. You're obviously good for ratings, right? So it says more about you than him. So... Uh, Senator, uh, State Senator Tiara, I want to know, like, when you hear something like, like that, what does it make you feel? What's your response? Yeah, um, it makes me feel fired up to um, continue to mobilize people against the tactics of the alt-right. Uh, this was the second time that I've actually gone viral. The first time was um, earlier this year in February, March, when I received thousands of um hateful messages from people calling me a pedophile and a groomer for supporting a queer, inclusive, comprehensive, age-appropriate, culturally relevant uh, sexual health bill that included pleasure. Um, And no one cared then about my black body or my experience or being a state senator who was subject to this harassment and received letters uh, to my own home. And it was only that it was only when my body went viral um, that people cared about my body. But not my safety, not my mental health, mm. not about um, um, any of the things that are actually core to caring about people and caring about community. They only cared about how they could mock and weaponize a joyful, liberated black queer person, yeah. not giving a, not caring about the standards that they expect from elected officials. Um, and I've been yeah. doing that my entire campaign. And it's been actually really incredible to watch. I mean, before this, I I didn't know much about you, but I'm so happy like this situation happened because like me and others were learning about the work that you're doing. And I also wonder, it seems like you're exactly what the Democratic Party needs right now in terms of what voters mm-hmm. are looking for. We're looking for this like passion, this fired up, you know, perspective to actually implement change. What do you think? And are you calling on Democrats now who are in office just like you to what are you calling on them to do because it just sometimes feels like as voters that not much is happening and we're just seeing Mm -hmm. like the rights just being stripped away from us one by one yeah i i think now is the time where it's a make or break the future of the united states is honestly unclear 
Um, who knows if we'll even have another election um, because of the state of the world. But I think this is where communities dig deep and go back to the grassroots. We've been focused on the federal level for so long, and people have forgotten that all of the power is held at the municipal level and at the state level. That's where we can create true um, change in our communities. And we need really fiery leaders who are committed to an idea that every single person, um, including Every single member of our communities is someone deserving of love, respect, and compassion in a community that works for them and for their families. And so having more people on the ground who are speaking up boldly and proudly and saying words like abortion, saying trans rights, saying intersex justice, that's what we need right now. And I think a failure of the Democratic Party has been to not loudly proclaim that we are in support of every single community and looking out for everyone. Um, Lots of folks want to shy away from saying the word abortion in favor of saying like choice or um, access to health care. But we have to firmly say abortion because that is what is under attack. We have to firmly say uh, trans rights or human rights because those are the communities that are under attack. And if we don't proclaim it loudly, then we are losing and we're getting drowned out. Our voices and our support are being drowned out by folks on the right. Well, I am so happy that we were able to have you on the show. You are so incredible. And I'm happy that our listeners and so many more audiences have been introduced to the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us. State Senator Tiara Mack, we really appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right, what's coming up next? Well, more headlines, including how this California doctor plans to work around abortion bans next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yep. Welcome back to the show and more music coming up right here on Channel Q. Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, the FDA and how they could be approving over-the-counter hormonal birth control. How that, uh, that could help us all in a post-row world. That's in 15 minutes. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour headlines right now. Um, As President Biden was making remarks during a Rose Garden event meant to celebrate a new law aimed at reducing gun violence, he was interrupted by a father of a victim of the 2018 Valentine's Day mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, that killed 17 people. It's proof that despite the naysayers, we can make meaningful progress on dealing with gun violence. Because make no mistake, sit down, you'll hear what I have to say. If you think you let me finish my comment. Let him talk. Let him talk. No one okay? Because make no mistake about it. This legislation is real progress. The more has to be. So the voice that you heard, it was a bit hard to hear in the clip. Uh, he was saying we have to do more than that. That was Manuel Oliver, the father of Parkland victim, 17-year-old Joaquin Oliver. Um, and of course, then Biden said, let him talk. He was escorted, unfortunately, out of the event. Moving on uh, to a California doctor who's proposing a floating abortion clinic in the Gulf of Mexico as a way to maintain access for people in southern states where abortion bans have been enacted. The idea is to provide a clinic aboard a ship in federal waters and out of reach of state laws that would offer first trimester surgical abortions, contraception and other care. And finally, San Francisco's two-year fiscal budget set to be approved by the Board of Supervisors this month includes more than $17 million for various LGBTQ needs from funding services for trans individuals and people living with HIV to monetary support for the city's Pride Committee and queer arts organizations. The funding includes $6.5 million to end trans homelessness, $6 million for HIV prevention service providers uh, spread over the next two years that the mayor had also included in the budget proposal she sent in June. So Mayor London Breed doing some work for the community out in San Francisco. That was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Ooh, okay. There's some real housewife news that I have been waiting to talk about, even though Shuri does not watch Housewives. It's that, true. It's yeah. true. I feel so dragged. You should. Called out for my lack of reality show consumption. You actually really should. <laughs> because Jen Shaw, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, um, she's pleaded guilty today in our federal fraud case, according to court documents obtained by Page Six. Now, Jen appeared in front of uh, U.S. District uh, Judge Sidney Stein at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time in Manhattan for a surprise hearing, during which she changed her previous not guilty plea. Now, here's why. Her attorney revealed the reason that she entered a last-minute guilty plea in her federal uh, fraud case. He basically said, Jen pled guilty because she wants to pay her debt to society and put this ordeal behind her and her family. Miss Shaw is a good woman who crossed the line. She accepts full responsibility for her actions and deeply apologizes to all who have been harmed. Now, um, Miss Shaw, according to also the... Um, basically her lawyer. She says, Miss Shaw is also sorry for disappointing her husband, children, family, supporters, and friends. 
Now, um, mm. Jin faces a maximum of 30 years in prison and oh. five years of supervised release. However, the plea agreement called for only 11 to 14 years behind bars and restitution of up to $9.5 million. Now, if you don't know what she did, basically she had this like pyramid scheme scamming system where she was taking data from like older folks and taking money from older folks that she like she would have her people call. It's horrible. And then my thing is, she was dumb enough to then join the housewives for people to question like, how does she have all this money for it then to be like all aired out <laughs> where guess what? Wow. Now she's probably going to jail for 11 to 14 years behind the bars. Clink, clink. Up. Clink, clink. Wow. That's yeah, wild. it's it's absolutely wild. I don't, I mean, I guess, you know, I wonder if the, she's going to film leading up. Because she could be like, you know, she's not the only housewife that's going to jail. Teresa Judice from New House, New, uh, New Jersey Housewives. Yeah, the taxes. There was also some tax stuff Yeah, there. like she's been to jail. She literally evasion. got out of jail and came right back. Like, there's a lot of things happening in, in that world. So who knows? Maybe Jen will be back. Yeah, listen, these are just regular people who become, I guess, celebrities. And there's a lot of regular people who do shady stuff. But how dumb are you to go on national television <laughs> to, and while you're committing the crimes? That takes some that's a while. as they say. Narcissism, uh, that's what it takes. Yeah. All right, that's your T-Report. We got more coming up next hour. Well, after this, could the FDA approve an over-the-counter birth control? More next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The FDA is reviewing a first-of-its-kind application from HRA Pharma, seeking permission to sell its birth control without a prescription. And if it's greenlit by the agency, O-Pill would become the first daily hormonal birth control pill sold over-the-counter in the U.S., um, and this all really broadens the access to millions of people who have struggled to obtain a prescription and could offer a great option in the wake of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Joining us right now is Alice Olstein, healthcare reporter for Politico. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Yeah. So tell us more uh, about this. And have we waited a long time for this or did it get sped up because of everything happening? No, it's been in the works for a long time, uh, even far before we knew that the Supreme Court was even considering Roe versus Wade, let alone was likely to overturn it. This had been in the works. It just, it takes, the the process of the FDA is a long and slow one, no matter what. And so this pharmaceutical company had been conducting years of studies um, to put together its application. And so finally, they were able to submit that just now. And the road to approval is still several months long as well, um, even if all of the evidence they present is very compelling to the agency. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, this access to birth control is is a, a top demand for activists mm-hmm. everywhere. But I, I'm wondering, even if this does happen, what happens for those red states who are already having those who already have those trigger laws who are ready to shut this down? Is that even is the product even going to be able to be in red states? So this is about birth control, not abortion pills. Well, and I know that contraceptives a lot of, is one of those things that Clarence, you know, Clarence Thompson was like, we're coming for that next. Sure, sure. And so, you know, we don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know what states are going to try to attempt to do. And we don't know what courts are going to try to attempt to do. But as of right now, birth control is legal in every state. Um, and so this is an attempt to get this uh, more accessible to people who really struggle to get a prescription for a bunch of different reasons. You know, a lot of people don't have insurance. A lot of people have insurance, but they don't have a a primary care doctor that they have access to who can give them a prescription. Maybe they live really far away from a pharmacy. 
Um, or, you know, another thing I've been hearing about in this um, space is uh, a couple different uh, scenarios. You know, one, people who are, you know, maybe in an abusive relationship and don't want their spouse to know that they are taking birth control True. and don't want to get pregnant. And so they don't want that to show up on their insurance statement. And then you have teens who are on their parents' insurance who may not want their parents to know that they're taking birth control. And so for, for a bunch of different reasons, uh, the groups that have been pushing this feel that it could be an important way to get access to people who have had a hard time. You know, despite um, the passage of the Affordable Care Act, making birth control a lot cheaper and more accessible to people with insurance um, than it used to be. That still hasn't helped a lot of people who don't have insurance or who have one of the scenarios I just described. Definitely. And it seems like, uh, according to the article, another company, Cadence Health, is also planning something. So it seems like this isn't the only option that's being brought to the table. Absolutely. And and so, um, you know, this would be the first, but I think it would not be the last. And, you know, not every form of birth control is right for every person. Um, and the pills these uh, companies are developing are different. And so um, the hope uh, in the medical community is that people will eventually have lots of options available. Um, you know, this is something that is already available over the counter in a bunch of other countries. And so the I, um they argue that the evidence is there that it is safe. Yeah, you even wrote about minors on their parents' health insurance. Can you talk a little bit about that and some of the fears that they have when it comes to accessing birth control? Right. So, um, you know, as we know, when we seek a health care service, it shows up on our insurance statements. And so if you're on your parents' insurance, which you can be up to age 26 under the Affordable Care Act, you know, a, a teen might not want their parent to know that they are, uh, you know, sexually active. And so that could be a deterrent for them getting a birth control prescription. And, you know, the the thought is that making this more accessible could uh, help prevent uh, unplanned or unwanted pregnancies and reduce uh, the need for abortions. But, you know, I, I want to emphasize that, um this this is no kind of solution. Even even the activists that are very much in favor of this are stressing that this is not a solution to the uh, abortion rights um, situation that we are in. People will still need abortions um, in all kinds of circumstances. And so um, while improving access to contraception, you know, like I said, was already a goal um, and is even more pressing um, the activists feel now, it is not going to uh, eliminate the, the need for abortion. Definitely. Well, that was Alice Olstein, healthcare reporter for Politico. Thank you for joining us for this. Thanks so much. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A mom is going viral for making her 18-year-old daughter sign a lease to stay at home. <laughs> this was a video uh, of this Oklahoma mom. It was posted to TikTok. She called it a teaching moment. So... Who's uh, on the right side here? Do you think that she should be doing this to her daughter or is the mom right in asking for money? Um, well, 18 seems like that. That's what annoys me. Like 18 is still like a child. Yes, legally, you're like an adult, but like you're still a child. And so like, yeah, I understand the lesson that you're teaching in the moment that you're teaching. But also like, 
I don't understand why parents and why there's like an influx of parents who take to the internet to like somewhat embarrass their kids. It's like kind of cringy. It is really bad. She had she had a follow up video where she explained why, and then she goes, which is uh, I feel like a whole other thing to get into. I was a single mom at 16. My parents didn't set me up for success. I had to fight for every single thing I have. So she wants her kids to also, it seems, experience some tough love. Sounds like you're bitter. It sounds like you're really bitter. Like, why would you ever want your kids to go through the same heartaches and like traumas that you went through? That's the thing. Grow up. I mean, she said um, she would charge... uh, Charging her daughter a hundred per month, she's enabling her daughter to begin creating that type of history, like renter's history. <laughs> so that's a whole other thing. Child, my <laughs> landlord would if I put my mom down as like a, a previous landlord, they would laugh in my face. Even though me and my mom have different last names, so it kind of works. Yeah, and, and she said this is the only bill for her daughter, so she is helping her with car payment, insurance, cell phone bill, etc. Here's the thing is I think there's a way to teach your child a lesson in terms of contributing that doesn't have to do with money unless literally here's the thing if you have a kid that is making a bunch of money and you need support you're like hey i'm in a bad place like can you contribute to groceries or something that would be really helpful i get that but the whole thing is the reason why that she wants to teach her a, like a lesson because yeah she had a bad um childhood is yeah is is yeah, actually like you're and, you're passing on your trauma and here. i think you know like i had a parent like my mom taught me a lot of things when it came to money and she, you know, would give me an allowance when I was in school. Exactly. And, you know, but like, even then, you can do all of that and if your child doesn't like actually learn from it, then guess what? They're still going to be 28 or 25 learning the same hard lessons that you tried to teach them at that point. So, is this leasing situation actually helpful to her or is it just like especially when you're putting it all over the internet or is she just going to resent that and then take it in one ear and out the other and just be embarrassed that her mom just did that and kind of like embarrassed her unless this is her way like if you did have someone a child that was not a good and you were wanting to get them out this would be what you do but if you actually want your child to love you like still like enjoy being with you i don't think this is the right thing to do right I, but i do think there is something to be said about like teaching your children lessons or I think fiscal those responsibility yeah, totally I think that's really important but like i don't know like not everything has to be on the internet like it reminds me of like when parents like there was like a huge influx of parents who would like their kids would mess up and then they would like record shaving their head or slamming their playstation on the ground and like are doing visible like recording things to embarrass them and i'm just like why well i blame jimmy kimmel for that You know, why, Jimmy do you Kimmel, blame, why do you blame Jimmy Because Jimmy Kimmel? Kimmel always did those videos of, like, pranking your kids, like, making them cry by taking their candy. Yeah, but that doesn't, <laughs> it just seems like that's different versus, like, it being, like, you're literally embarrassing your child on, like, the internet. Because guess what? That stays there the entire time. It's different than doing it to a toddler. But this is an 18-year-old who's going to, like, follow, who's now going to see that every time they probably, like, Google her name or something. It's embarrassing. I am sure she will be getting ready very quickly to leave that household (laughs) as soon as they can. And guess what? Maybe she won't because $100 ain't bad if you really think about it. Yeah, $100 isn't (laughs) bad. All right. Well, coming up on the show, more of what's trending, including how much money you could be making for spotting a Supreme Court justice out in public next.
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show and more music coming up right here on Channel Q. Uh, right now, we're going to be talking about this Texas woman who's going to court in an attempt to repeal a traffic ticket she received for driving in the carpool lane. She claims her passenger was her unborn baby. The viral clip in 15 minutes. Then we've also got some tea in a moment, including why Sean Mendez postponed his world tour. Stick around for that. Let's get into some What's Trending This Hour headlines right now. Associate Justice of the Supreme Court Brett Kavanaugh fled out the back door of Morton Steakhouse after demonstrators gathered in front to protest his vote against reproductive rights. Following this, uh, Fox News's Peter Ducey questioned White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre at a media briefing, claiming that the right to protest was a violation of Kavanaugh's privacy. Here's what went down. Really? Peaceful protest. We're, you were your first question so to me just, was so, intimidation so justices because and protesters do not agree with an opinion that they signed on to have no right to privacy is what you're but saying peter this is this is people have the right to, this is what a democracy is people, people have, have the right, right to privacy? of course people have a right to privacy but people also have a right uh, to be able to protest peacefully is that peacefully safe? it's the intimidation and the violence that we condemn is, is that safe peter, Isn't that creating a potential really bad situation boo i honestly can think that we deserve to see more energy like this when people are um you know seeing our our what i guess democratic leaders are just leaders in general political leaders and you know if they're not doing anything that's like super harmful yeah i don't i don't shake it up i don't i don't if you're gonna go out yeah my my right in this democracy is to be able to go up to you and question why your decisions are your decisions he does not especially kavanaugh who of all people thinks like he has the right to comment on someone's body if you're a a public political figure. You got to deal with it. a public figure it for a reason. It. I would say... It comes with the territory. If sis. they're like breaking into your home, yeah, that's right. Private property. Mm-hmm. If, if people well, are you outside what? or in public spaces protesting peacefully, then that is allowed and protected. Now, the activist platform that quickly organized the protest outside the restaurant is called Shutdown DC, and they are now offering 50 bucks for confirmed sightings of Supreme Court justices Period. and 200 if they're still there 30 minutes after your message. And my thing is, if you want to complain about protesters, how about you look at what's happening in Sir, uh, Sri Lanka, where protesters actually are living in the president's house. Like, they have, like, literally run him out of his own palace and they are yeah, taking baths in the pool and, and everything. And having yeah. the best time of their life. That's what I'm talking about. That's the energy I want to see. <laughs> um, now, the Biden administration has made a federal charge of discrimination <laughs> against a Florida trailer park and its owner for allegedly demanding a trans woman present, uh, present sorry, as male to avoid being evicted from her mobile home. The charge alleges that the owner of the 21 Palms RV Resort in Davenport, Florida, sent a discriminatory and threatening note to the woman after she came out as transgender in violation of the Fair <laughs> Housing Act. According to the charges, the resident lived at this location with her child and fiancé for several years before coming out as trans and wearing feminine presenting clothing in public. Just nine days later, the park's owner and manager allegedly sent the woman a handwritten notice that read, To avoid problems, you must, one, act as a man, two, talk as a man, dress as a man, avoid tight clothing that is revealing sex organs, you know, anyway. I'm not going to continue because it's transphobic and horrible. So they are uh, making a federal charge of discrimination against this owner for good reason. 
Well, moving on to the UN Human Rights Council, who adopted four new uh, resolutions last week and called on member states to repeal laws and policies that discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity and take effective measures to prevent violence and discrimination. They also now have an independent expert that is reporting back annually on the implementation of the mandate to the council and the UN General Assembly. That was What's Trending This Hour, What's Happening in Entertainment News, Ryan. Well, Sean Mendez is speaking out about his mental health because he has postponed the rest of his world tour. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So, yeah, the singer uh, Sean Mendez slammed the brakes on his, uh, I mean, super anticipated world, uh, world tour in a bit to take care of his mental health. He basically said he's hit a breaking point and needs time away from the limelight to pause and reset. Um, you know, the tour titled Wonder kicked off in Portland last month and was due to run through uh, until August 2023. He said, this breaks my heart to have to say this, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to postpone the next three weeks of shows, which is wild. He said, after a few years off the road, I was ready to dive in, but the decision was premature. And unfortunately, the toll of the road and the pressure has caught up to me and I've hit a breaking point. You know... What do you think about um, this moment of time where we're seeing a lot more artists or just celebrities speak about their mental health and take the time they need for themselves? Like, kind of act selfishly in that way, which is a great thing. Yeah, I I think that you can't push yourself if you can't do it. I mean, no matter how much you're being paid or how big it is, uh, we've seen the repercussions of that with celebrities having to take then years off or possibly who are no longer here anymore. So I think a, a quick break is, you know, better than what the other option is or what what could happen. And it's not like he's just saying this about himself. He actually spoke to his team and mental health professionals who advised him to, quote, take time to heal and take care of myself and my mental health first and foremost. We we need to trust when people say that and claim that, that it's needed, right? We can't be like, well, how how bad is it, right? You know, that's just yeah. rude and wrong. Well, because the music will always be there. He will, I mean, but if he continues to wear himself thin, he oh, yeah. may not always be there. Exactly. Well, Andy Grammer actually just did the same thing. I noticed, um, I follow him on Instagram. Who? Andy Grammer, do you know that mm. um, artist? I feel like you know some of his songs. He also thought, he was like, I thought I could be back on the road and he had a whole tour and he also had to um, take a break uh, you know also said he had contacted mental health advisors so I think this is possibly going to be something we see more and more because guess what like world tours are crazy and they're hard yeah. right and so maybe this also like it shows there maybe needs to be a shift to like these types of tours where they could take like a, a one month on one month off or something like that yeah. it's just that's where the money is unfortunately with the industry yeah. that is how they make the brunt of their money so how do you do it so it's more sustainable where you're yeah. not like but grinding for like 24-7 for six months to a year? Yeah, that's right? true. That's true. Well, that's your team yeah. report. We got more coming up next hour. Stick around for that. Well, that uh, was, thank you for that. I was like, that was what's trending this hour. That was entertainment news. Um, <laughs> we have more coming up, of course. This woman claims her unborn child counts as a passenger in the car. Her reasoning next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Well, a pregnant Texas woman was pulled over for driving in the HOV lane, and she explains why exactly she did this. Here she is talking to NBC affiliate in Dallas-Fort Worth. See the signs? It says HOV, parentheses, two. Starts peeking around. He's like, is it just you? And I said, no, there's two of us. And he's like, well, where's the other person? And I went right here as a baby. 
And he kind of waved me off. It's it's right because one law is saying it one way, but then another law is saying it another way. Oh, and for many, she has become a hero. At first, I was like, what side is she on? I don't know if she's a hero, but I, I could see if she is pro-choice. She was basically making a point that, you know, why is it that you have one law that you rationalize around, you know, um, abortion rights or reproductive rights? And then this law that you're saying, oh, this isn't a human being. Right. Um, So she ultimately received a two seventy five dollar ticket and has plans to fight the fine this month during her next court date on July 20th. Uh, According to Texas Penal Code, the term individual refers to a human being who is alive, including an unborn child at every stage of gestation from fertilization until birth. So did she make a good argument here? I mean, to be honest, if that's the case, then I should be able to um, when Coco's in the car with me, I should be able to ride an HOV, even though I actually do. I do. I take full advantage of it. I've done it before. Well, it does say no human problem. being. Coco is not a human being. Yes, she is. We can we can go down to the courthouse and talk about it. Most definitely. Um, no, I mean, here's the thing. I, I think she's making an interesting point um, because, yeah, at first I wasn't sure. When I first heard the story, I was like, oh, my God, like, who is this woman? Yeah, I thought it was someone that was actually, like, on the other side that was like, come on. She's being annoying. Yeah, she was just proving But, a yeah, point. she's just being annoying because she's a liberal, and that's even better. She was uh, trolling them. <laughs> the perfect troll in the fields. But I, I do wonder if this is actually going to go anywhere. I really feel like it's not. And depending on what judge she gets, that's really going to be the the telling of this all because it's not like, you know, this this thing a lot of people wouldn't even take serious. Like the cop that waved her off. Like if this was someone else, like anyone else who tried to pull this girl, what they have lived to tell the story. Let's oh, be honest. God. I'm just saying. Uh, here, here's the thing. Yeah, it, you don't think it's true? I. Uh, it's just bad to think about. But why not? Sometimes know, we have to think about it. It's rough. We have to think about it. So the thing is, will she be actually making her point if she ends up going to the court? And they're like, yeah, you're right. You should I mean, not be getting a ticket. And then this becomes the whole thing of like, yeah, this is the way it is across the board. And then it just, uh, what's it called? Backfires, right? And backfires in what way? Well, she's trying to show how they... Um, like there's two ways of looking at the law, right? And they're they're not looking at it in the same way. Well, right? that means they but just then, have to be more clear, I guess. Well, right? no, because then they she could go to the, to the court and they're like, oh yeah, you're right. It's like it's true. The unborn child is like a second child, and then it just continues to feed into these whole um, pro life arguments. Yeah. So can I ask you what in what like if once you're pregnant, what things are you going to take advantage of? <laughs> That's a funny question. Um, I guess anytime someone just gives me a seat or wants to help me, I will receive. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. And you know what, though? I, you know, it's not about uh, a second person. I think that if you have any sort of, I don't know, maybe you could say any disabilities or if you're pregnant, maybe you should be able to drive in the HMV lane. (laughs) Well, depending on what the disability is, you might not be able to. Well, yeah, but meaning like if you could park in the, what's it called? Handicap In the handicap, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, you should just, if you have any sort of issues, you should be able to drive in the HOV lane. That's always such a good spot. The handicap and also, so, uh, yeah, because what if, also if you're pregnant, what if there's an issue and you need to, you know, go uh, to get some help, but I guess that's an emergency. Well, as I say, if you're not, you're not 
If you're pregnant, you're not handicapped. So, uh, that said, I mean, I don't think I should be walking that far. (laughs) 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 But, you know, but I appreciate people. I mean, there's so many pregnant people that work out and, like, jog when they're pregnant. So, I guess that's not even a good idea. you're already at the space where you are already wanting help and you're not even pregnant yet, Think about what it's going to be like when you are pregnant. I hope oh, your partner's Oh, I'm going to be... Oh, oh trust me. We one talk about baby. it. One big baby. We talk about it because... There's going to be two big babies. One in your <laughs> stomach what, yes. and then one in real life. Well, I, I wish this person... This is an early Yaz queen to Brandy Batone who uh, I did this in yet. Texas. I don't, I don't know. We'll see what comes of it, but yet. I'm happy that she uh, made a point that a lot of us are making these days. Because she could just ruin it for everyone. Well, let's, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up next, spontaneity could do us some good. How to ditch your daily itinerary and rules. Don't be so stringent. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. So on the spectrum from carefully curated scheduling to go with the flow attitudes, most people fall somewhere in the middle. The conditions of the past two years, however, have rendered impromptu hangouts difficult, if not honestly impossible. So here's the thing. I wonder about being a little bit more spontaneous. And uh, this next guest who's been on the show before, Ali Volop? Volpe. Volpe. I don't think that's it. Allie, you're there? Senior <laughs> Porter Vox? Uh, Allie, say your last name again. Volpe. Oh, it is Volpe. <laughs> you, you could at least side it with me, just to not give Shira the, the satisfaction. But anyway, um, Allie Volpe, a senior reporter at Vox, she wrote about uh, how to be a little bit more spontaneous, but you got to, let's start from the beginning here. Define spontaneous. Yes. So I feel like spontaneity and impulsivity often get confused. Um, Spontaneity, according to an expert that I talked to, is just being open to whatever life throws at you in the moment, but also involves like a gut check. Um, Mm. You're sort of deciding whether this is something that would be helpful or fun to do, whereas impulsivity, you're kind of not thinking about the future or any sort of like repercussions of what you're going to do. So I think the major distinction between the two is like that sort of gut check you get with spontaneity of like, do I have time for this? Is this going to be good? Am I going to injure myself doing this? Is, Is that more thoughtfulness? Uh, And so how do you become more spontaneous, you know, and and is it that you're like in a too controlling, you know, or maybe OCD perfectionist? Does that stop you from being spontaneous? No, I don't think so. I think we all have the capability to be more spontaneous. Mm. Um, Our society these days has kind of 
made us more prone to scheduling things um, yeah. like our phones have all of our calendar meetings and everything we need to do. Uh, so what experts told me was to, you know, keep some of your day unscheduled to allow for some of those more spontaneous moments, whether that's like walking to work and maybe taking a different route and you could see something like beautiful and unexpected yeah. to on a weekend to like not schedule your entire day um, and just say to friends like, hey, I'll be home, you know, between noon and 2 p.m. if you want to stop by and just seeing what the day holds. Okay. I love that. That actually sounds like an awful idea. No, this is, <laughs> my life feels better. Honestly, like I overschedule during that the week and the re- I, I believe bad. the reason why I just feel in general better on the weekends and sometimes I do work on the weekends. It's more that I just have a bit of more openness where I'm not like back to back. But what's the, what's the cons to having too much spontaneity? Yeah, I feel like we maybe don't have any structure at all if we just don't have, like, any sort of guidelines to our life. Like, I know I'm pretty type A. I'm a Virgo. I like to plan things. Yes. And so <laughs> without having, like, any sort of constraints on my time, like, I do feel a little unmoored and unsteady. Um, and I think I just saw a study today, actually, that said, like, if you have too much leisure time, like, that actually negatively impacts our well-being. So I think, like, we <laughs> do like to operate in this sort of happy medium of, like, Shira shook her head. No. Shira does not no, believe you on that note. Supposedly, and I, I don't know if it was studies, but I've definitely read some things, and you probably have too, where it's like... <laughs> he wrote about it. Well, I'm just... Let me talk. <laughs> where it says, like, how much leisure time actually is helpful, and they that um, in the past they actually thought as we progressed in technology and all this, we'd have more leisure time, but it's actually been the opposite. Totally. Yeah. Like we definitely need leisure time. We're not getting enough of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like finding out like, what is that good amount of leisure time and to like not overly schedule it because that's when it starts to feel like work. If we're just like stacking up like mm-hmm. coffee before like a birthday party before drinks with friends, like yep. all of that starts to feel like work and it could be just so taxing. So yeah. How do, how do we find more of that spontaneous time, uh, spontaneity in our lives? Um, including if we have a lot of responsibilities, you know, you have jobs, you could have family, kids, it goes on and on. Totally. Um, Yeah, like we should not be like forgetting about our responsibilities because obviously those come first. But um, I think just to be a little bit looser, like to say like, okay, maybe after work today, like I'm going to like leave my evening free. And if someone like hits me up to go do something, like I'll be open to doing that. Or even on like a very small scale of like, if your coworker suggests going to like a new place for lunch, when you guys always go to that one place, but like, you know, going on a little adventure on your day to, like, have that sort of spontaneity. Or even just, like, talking to your neighbors in the elevator. Like, just small things that give your day some variety that don't yep. necessarily need to be like, I'm going to skip work and go to the beach. So what's interesting is that there have been workplaces that were created their um, space to allow and encourage spontaneity. And I think that is being, you know, decreased because of, Obviously, we just connect virtually now all the time, the pandemic, um, and some of us don't even come into the office. So how is that changing our ability to have that in our lives? 
Right. Yeah. With people working remotely, like you don't get those couple of minutes before a meeting starts to sort of like chat and catch up with people because over Zoom, it's like so awkward. Everyone's like hopping into a meeting and immediately like muting themselves. And like, you don't get that. Yeah. Um, I think just giving ourselves like opportunities to be communal again in a way that feels safe. Obviously, like we're still in a pandemic. Um, so I think just being around people gives right. us way more opportunity to be more spontaneous. Well, I love that you you kind of said that. I think trying to navigate what it feels like to be around people and just kind of feeling figuring out what fits. Because I want to know what's what's the boundary setting in spontaneity? Like, how do you find the boundaries within that for yourself and when navigating it with others? Mm. I think just to like follow other people's cues because obviously like we want to make sure we're all comfortable if we're all like feeling safe with whatever we're doing um, and I think like experts in pretty much like every story that I've talked to um, have always like stressed like asking your conversation partner asking whoever you're with like are you cool with this um, and just making sure everyone's like on the same page uh, and so we're not like doing things that make other people feel uncomfortable. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you. That was Ali Volpe, senior reporter at Vox. We appreciate it. Thanks for being spontaneous and joining us today. (laughs) Of course. Thanks for having me. You know. Even though this was scheduled in advance. But, you know, she didn't have it originally planned in her day. All right. Next up, what is a personality hire and could you be one? After this, let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Some folks on TikTok are calling themselves personality hires who shine more for their good vibes and creative energy than the traditional skills in their fields. Do you think this is the future of hiring, Ryan? Um, I feel like I've been a personality Yeah, and I I was going to ask, like, what do you think about yourself? I've most definitely been a personality hire. I feel like um, people gravitate towards my personality a lot, and I feel like people want me around for the good vibes and the funny takes and the hard work, of course. But I do think I've been a personality hire before. Because you weren't necessarily, at the time, qualified fully. Hell no. My first job in Los Angeles... Um, that was like a corporate job. Most definitely, I think um, my boss liked me just because of me. <laughs> Sometimes that is good enough, like enthusiasm and care and trusting someone. Like if they're smart, if someone is smart, like feeling like they could learn and figure it out. Unless like there's some clear things that need you need to know, like skills, establishing skills. But a lot of times that's like skills that, that I needed to know that I feel like I just faked it until I made it, pointing out to the conversation we had last week. Yeah, well, uh, it goes back to kind of this other concept of soft skills versus hard skills. Hard skills are like job knowledge abilities um, that help you perform your duties. Soft skills are like personal qualities that help you thrive in the workplace. And what's the difference between being a personality hire versus, you know, your boss just finding you attractive and wanting you to be around? Um, I feel like you can relate. Attractive? Oh, no. <laughs> Listen, I do think, hey, you I'm attractive. Most definitely, but I also have, think that it's have, like that they like being around me yeah. because I have a good personality and I know what I'm doing. Yeah, for, oh, all those things for sure, but you do have pretty privilege. Oh, yep. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> wow, now although, you sound like a narcissist. Although sometimes not... <laughs> I was going to say, have you seen me sometimes when I come into the studio? No, but that's not the sure studio. Not sure all the time. When she's all dotted up in an in a, in a, in a office setting... Or when they, they're when they're interviewing me, and then they hire me. They're like, who's this? But knowing, but knowing straight men, girl, you're, you're still very hot. And, and you're worse. They're just like, let's just not look at her face right now. <laughs> 
Coming up next. God, this went downhill. More and top of the hour headlines next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Stick around for more music coming up right here on Channel Q. Right now, we're getting into some more shows. Right now, let's get into some what's trending this hour headlines. President Biden said Sunday he was looking into declaring a public health emergency in support of abortion access across the country. One quick follow-up. One of the things they are asking for is a public health emergency. Is that something you're considering? That's something I'm asked the uh, the folks, the medical people on the administration to look at, whether that is, whether I have the authority to do that and what impact that would have. Okay? Okay? Thanks so much. Now, Biden did recognize he had limited executive powers to go further in supporting abortion access. He said, I don't have the authority to reinstate Roe and reiterated that if Congress wanted to pass a federal law codifying Roe after the Supreme Court reversed it, that would pretty much be the option at hand. And his message for those thousands of people who gathered outside the White House on Saturday, pressuring him to do more to protect abortion rights. He said, keep protesting, keep making your point. It's critically important. And uh, moving on to other protests happening in Sri Lanka, uh, protesters gathered on Saturday in um, Sri Lanka and some stormed the president's house and offices. The president has apparently agreed to step down on July 13th. And following the speaker's announcement, protesters also set fire to the prime minister's residence, who also said he was resigning after just months on the job. Photos on social media do show that several protesters were floating in the president's outdoor pool and basically took over his house. And finally, Steve Bannon, who defied a congressional subpoena and is set to go on trial on criminal contempt charges, said that the um, that he would actually be willing to testify and ideally do a public hearing. He told that to the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection on Saturday. So we'll see what comes of that. But that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Well, we're going to do Shira's favorite uh, news in the entertainment space. TikTok news. Woo-hoo. So Addison Ray, who is a huge, I mean, one of the most popular TikTokers, yeah. um, basically she's having some family issues because her dad was allegedly caught misleading a 25-year-old into having an affair. Huh? Yes, Wait, girl. What? It's time for the team okay. report. Those pop culture stories what? trending right now. So Addison's father, Monty Lopez, allegedly carried out a five-month affair with a 25-year-old woman named Renee Ash. Now, an exclusive interview, um, Renee claims that Monty led her to believe that their alleged relationship was more meaningful. Mm. She said, unfortunately, he misled me on his marriage. He lied to me. Um, She basically is telling, saying that Lopez told his marriage, uh, told her his marriage to his wife, um, Addison's mom, was over when it wasn't. He told me that we were going to be together and have babies together. He even introduced me to his mom, his younger brother, and I thought we had something real. He told me a story of his marriage that convinced me that they were apart and in the process of getting married. First of all, he is, how old he is? 46 and she is 25. Wow. So allegedly, um, she broke up with him this week after several girls accused basically this man Um, of hitting on them in person and even over FaceTime. Wow, Addison's daddy out here showing out. She said the last straw, however, was when she saw leaked footage online of him caressing a girl's backside during a night out partying. Mm. Now, sources have told Page Six that this individual, guess how old they were? The one that he was caressing on the back. what? She was 19. Gross. I know. 
Oh, wow. Move on, girl. So, yeah, now in this viral clip, she is letting it all loose. She says, I loved him and I believed in him. When I found out about the other young girls, my heart broke. Mm -hmm. And then so apparently now, the latest news is that Addison's mama has now um, basically changed and updated her Instagram bio to say single mom following all this news. And she wrote basically in a tweet, that old version of you isn't for you. New story, new version. Yeah, gross. I feel bad for her, too, in all this. Yeah, I know. Really? That is so wild. Oh, it'd be so embarrassing. Like, also, no Addison sure. must be very embarrassed, too. I know. Are you kidding me? Like, that? he's, like, messing with women around his, his, her gross. age. Like, that yeah. is so gross. Yep. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Okay. That was interesting, though. I gotta, I gotta pay attention to more of the TikTok news if it's getting dirty like that. There's a lot of tea. There. Yeah. It's a messed up world. Sorry to all involved, but girl, I'm thoroughly enjoying. I mean. And I will be talking about it in the tea report. Yes. Hey, bring it. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. All right. We are wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yeah. Yes, Queen. This one goes to Nate Looney, who is a black Jewish man who grew up in L.A. and is doing uh, more to make others feel welcome in Jewish spaces, including the LGBTQ community. Um, and he said uh, he belongs to the Jewish Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion team at the Jewish Federations of North America. And um, in his new role, he is tackling the delicate task of producing guidelines on how to be more welcoming of Jews of color, even as synagogues and community centers strengthen security in the wake of recent attacks. So we wanted to give a shout out to Nate Looney, who's doing some great work. And definitely that's needed because, and, and we talk about this, like there are Jews of all different backgrounds and colors. And uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, I think people have this perception that it's just like there's a bunch of white Jews when Jews came from many different places, including Ethiopia. So that representation is important as we continue to make progress together. That's our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. And that does it for our show today as well. But we are back tomorrow weekdays here live on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On tomorrow's show, of course, we've got What's Trending This Hour. we got music. We've got the tea always yes. for you and so much more. Most definitely. If you miss our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. So just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay and have a beautiful rest of the day. Now yeah. stick around for Loveline with Dr. Chris, where he's talking about post-traumatic growth and pandemic takeaways after this. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.